Hi, and welcome to Living Word Northwest's podcast. We are so glad that you're here. Our goal at Living Word is to reach people, touch lives, and make a difference. Our hope is that this week's message encourages you and those listening with you. Remember, God wants to connect with you on a personal level, and we don't think it's an accident that you're here. If you or someone like you needs help along that journey, we are here for you. Stay tuned after this message on how to connect with us. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's sermon. We're going to uh, do something else a little bit different this morning. I get the honor and the privilege of closing my mouth and letting my wife lead us from her heart into what God has shown her for us this morning. Amen, church? Come on now. You can interrupt. (laughs) And I will interrupt. (laughs) Okay. So I... We are going to talk about Hagar, and we are so excited to share with you this morning, and it's something that the Lord has put on our hearts. Hagar is somebody that has probably been overlooked by a lot of people. Everybody knows Abraham and Sarah's amazing story and everything that the Lord did there, but we're going to be talking about their servant this morning, Hagar, who is an Egyptian woman. And it's going to be a story of miracles and hope and how the Lord, in his goodness and love, gives us water in our wilderness. So this is going to be from Genesis 16 and 21. Um, To set the stage, we know that the Lord told Abraham and Sarah that they would have descendants as numerous as the stars. Well, Sarah wasn't having a baby. Ten years later, she still wasn't, and so she decided to take things into her own hands and speed up the Lord's plan. Never done that before. Which is a whole other sermon. (laughs) And she had Hagar, her Egyptian servant, sleep with Abraham. So Hagar is, Jewish tradition says that Hagar was Pharaoh's daughter, which means she was a princess. So she went from princess to servant. So before anything else happens in the story, she's already in a frustrating place, hopeless, feeling forsaken. So she gets pregnant, and um, she starts despising Sarah and belittling her. And Sarah already felt so much shame because in that culture, barrenness was a disgrace. So she gets mad, and she goes to Abraham and says, Hagar is mistreating me, and it's all your fault. (laughs) That's a whole other sermon, too, (laughs) I think. I'm not going to say anything about that. And so, and so Abraham says, she's under your authority. Do what you think is best, which is also something else to talk about. But We've extended this to a 20-week series <laughs> in honor of our senior pastor. So Sarah took her authority, and she mistreated Hagar so cruelly that she caused Hagar to run away. So Hagar runs away to the wilderness. She's alone. She's pregnant. And she's by a spring, and an angel of the Lord comes to her and says, Hagar, where have you come from, and where are you going? Now, I love this because the Lord already knows everything, but he wants us to tell him the details. He not only helps us, but he wants to hear our heart because he's a good father. 
The other thing is, is that this is the first mention of angels in the Bible. So it's important to take note of that an angel came to an Egyptian servant woman, non-Jewish servant woman. (laughs) It just goes to show how the Lord has this heart of compassion towards the hurting and the forsaken. So Hagar tells him, I'm running away. Babe, do you need a Kleenex already? I like know. you're already crying. And I we know just I'm not going to cry. I promise. She's Maybe. a very compassionate person. I don't person. promise. Um, so, so she says, "I'm running away," and the angel says, um, "Well, which first of all, running away is a solution. Yeah, right. it, it is. It's just temporary. And the Lord wants to us to face our problems in His presence." Yeah. He wants to help us. He wants to strengthen us. He wants to give us his answers and his directions in the midst of our problem. When we're in his presence, he gives that to us, facing them. And so the angel says, you have to go back to Sarah and you have to submit to her because I will greatly multiply your descendants until no one can count them. Wow, and that I want to pause for a second there. That is huge because it is so much easier to run away from the problem, to run away from the hurt, to run away from the past hurt and the things that trigger us. It's so much easier to run away. But here we're seeing, <laughs> here we're seeing, Go back and submit to it. Go back and face it. Go back and not let it run over you and and take control of you, but go back to that person or that place and don't leave until you're sent. Because in the frustration, there is a time of teaching that will cause us to flourish in a greater way that we, than we could have if we just went out and did it on our own. Yeah, so... I don't need to clap, but I'm just, I don't know. That's just powerful to me. Yes, it is, and it's true. It's, um, so then he, he says to her, I'm going to give you a son, and his name will be Ishmael. And Ishmael means God's, God hears. He said, I'm going to give you Ishmael because I heard your cries of distress. So now, every day when Hagar looks at Ishmael, she is reminded that God not only hears her, not only hears, but he hears her, her cries of distress. Wow. So even if Abraham doesn't hear her and Sarah doesn't hear her wow. and her Egyptian family before didn't hear her, yeah. he said, I hear you. Yes. I hear your cries. Even if that person that hurts you doesn't hear, even if your boss doesn't hear, God hears. Yeah. He yes. hears our cries. Amen? And it was in that moment that she... She, she, the word says she gave him a special name. She said, you are the one who sees me. Because for the first time, she saw the Lord was real and living. She saw him because he saw her. Mm -hmm. And now she had the confidence to go back, believing that he was with her, 
and knowing that his promise would come to pass. And that well is that she was by is still there today, and it's called the one, the it's called the spring of the living one who watches over me. And a spring is continuous, right? A spring comes out and it gives life to everything it touches. It causes everything around it to flourish. We have the spring of the living one inside of us that we can continually draw from for life for ourselves and to give life to everything we touch and to make things around us flourish because of him inside of us. There's a a scripture here. Um, I didn't give it to you guys, but if you can pull it up, Psalm 107, 35, out of the Passion Translation. Psalm 107, 35 through 38, it says, but he also can turn a barren wilderness into an oasis with water. He can make springs flow into desert lands and turn them into fertile valleys so that cities spring up and he gives it all to those who are hungry. Verse 37, they can plant their fields and vineyards there and reap a bumper crop and gather a fruitful harvest. God will bless them and cause them to multiply and prosper. Why? Because of the spring on the inside of us. Our kids prosper. Our co-workers prosper. Our neighborhoods, they prosper. Like Heidi said, everywhere we go and everything we touch prospers because God has planted this spring called Jesus and light and life on the inside of us that goes with us. Wherever we go into the desert, it goes with us. Yeah, right. Come on, that's good. Yeah. Wow. And the Lord, he came and he offered this Egyptian woman water in the wilderness. Mm. And he invited her to purpose and promise, hope, life-giving water. Years later, Jesus would be by a well, offering life-giving water to a Samaritan woman, both forsaken, both empty, both nobodies, both rejected. Both feeling unloved, right? Both Gentiles. We're Gentiles. Hosea's prophecy about Gentiles is quoted in Romans 9, 25, and 26, and this is for us. To those who are rejected and not my people, I will say to them, you are mine. And to those who are unloved, I will say, you are my darling, And in the place where they were told, you are nobody, this will be the very place where they will be renamed children of the living God. (laughs) We don't have to meet certain requirements or come from a certain lineage or act, have our act all together or behave, be on our best behavior for him to call us his. She saw him. She believed him. She received his life-giving water, becoming a child of God. That's the Lord's goodness. So uh, she also could have chosen to not listen, but she chose to obey and go back, which must have been very difficult, right? So she knew, though, that the Lord was going to be with her, and she went back anyway. You know, I just, for kind of a a vulnerable moment here, I I found, um, and 
I don't want to speak for you, babe, but in our marriage, when we face different battles, um, you know, you guys know, whatever comes, not, not just in marriage, but kids and jobs and life and everything, thoughts. And, you know, um, there's been times where we have felt like we're in that, that desert place. And we kind of go out there with our bottle of water and we're like, we'll be okay for a little while because I just, I do not want to face that problem. I do not want to face that person. I do not, I just don't want to deal with it. Give me some Netflix and some of those ginger frosted cookies from Marketplace and just leave me alone for a little while. Do you know what I'm saying? None of you guys are like this, probably just me. But you know where you're just like, no, I'm, I'm just tired and I want to just relax and you're kind of out there for a day, ignoring the pain, ignoring the pressure, not facing what, what maybe should be faced. And you got your bottle of water and you're doing all right for a little while. And then day four or five comes and it's like everything is falling to pieces. But for me, I can be so stubborn. I would rather sit out there in the desert, cranky, crabby, tired, going, why am I so tired, babe? I don't know why. I want to go start a a cleaning service in Wisconsin just to, you know, go free my mind for a little while. And, you know, just, yeah, I wish I was joking. Just, you know, like, I just got to, right? And you, you just don't know, right? You just don't know. And you can't figure it out because your bottle of water is empty and things aren't getting any better. And it's not even that they're getting worse. They're just getting weirder. And you start hating your kids more than you've ever hated them before. And you question your job and you question your call and you question everything. But it's better than going back and facing the boss. It's better than going back and facing that friend that did you wrong. It's better than going back and facing the problem. But it's not. Now the good thing about that is that cranky, crabby old Brandon, just like Hagar, God still is willing to meet out there amidst my frustration. And I heard Joseph Prince say this one time, how God brings you back to him is by blessing your backside. When your back is turned to him, he doesn't say, "Mm mm-hmm, well, Brandon, maybe I should smite him and that'll get him to realize he needs me give him some COVID symptoms, and then he'll come back. No, 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 no. When my back is to Jesus, he blesses me. And I go, what is this light on my backside? I got to turn around and see who is this person that in the midst of the desert, he's still calling me and providing. Amidst my frustration, he's still causing me to flourish. And I turn around and I say, "Woo! it's time to go back because now I can face that person. I can face that disaster. I can face that chaos. I can face that kid. I can face whatever I need to face because he has brought me water even in that wilderness. Yeah. Amen? Yes. yes. Amen. And Hagar's name means wandering and forsaken. <laughs> Why are you going? Like, Why are you pointing at me? <laughs> somebody, told, somebody told me this the other day. They're like, if things went south with you and Heidi, you know that everyone would blame you, Brandon. You know that, right? I'm like, what does that even mean? 
<laughs> anyway, even though... <laughs> Stop pointing at me. Even though, even though, even though she wandered from her problem and she ran away from where she should have been, and even though she saw herself as forsaken, and even though she made mistakes in treating Sarah so rudely... And even though she was in a difficult position, a difficult place because of other people's choices, side note, others' choices do affect us, but they do not define our destiny. The Lord does. So she's in this place that looks impossible. Everything she sees and experiences tells her it's hopeless. And the Lord chases her down in that wilderness. And he says, I see you. I am watching over you. I hear you. I will give you purpose and promise. I will give you hope through my life-giving water in the wilderness. So part two, fast forward to Genesis 21. After Ishmael was born, 14 years later, Sarah had Isaac. So she's been waiting And the Lord does a miracle for her, bringing life to her barren womb. Well, by this time, Ishmael's a teenager, and Sarah catches Ishmael teasing Isaac, who's probably around two, and she says, banish them to Abraham. Banish Hagar, banish Ishmael, and Abraham doesn't know what to do. And the Lord tells him, you can do what Sarah's saying, because I am going to make Ishmael into a great nation too, because he's your son. Yes. And so he banishes Hagar back into the wilderness, and her and her son are in the wilderness of Beersheba. And they run out of water, and she grows so desperate Out of her desperation, she leaves her son in the shade of a bush and walks away because she doesn't want to watch him die. And then she sobs uncontrollably. And it's in that moment that an angel of the Lord comes to her. And you you know clearly she's doubting. She sees death. That's all that she sees. So she wasn't super spiritual at this point. Believing the Lord's promise, she completely let it go. And he still came to her. And I'm going to read what happens next in verse 17 and 18. And God heard the voice of the boy, which, quick side note to that, the Lord hears our kids' cries, so the one who created him is capable of caring for them. Yes. So especially with distance learning and the five billion emails about school and how it's going to look different and is my kid missing out? No, he is going to cause our children to flourish in the midst of a frustrating situation. The angel of God called out to Hagar from the heavenly realm and said, what's the matter, Hagar? Don't be afraid. For God has heard the voice of your son crying as he lies. Get up, help the boy up, and hold him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. So even though she doubted, he called from the heavenly realm to her wilderness, reminding her, remember, I am the one who sees you. So even though you're experiencing all of this, 
I am going to, um, oh, even though you see what you see is all you see, he sees what she doesn't see. And so she doesn't have to be afraid because the Lord sees what we don't see. But we just know that we don't have to be afraid because he's going to take care of us. And he told her to get up and put one foot in front of the other because he keeps his promises. And he and she is going to be taken care of. Um, so he's, he said for her to hold his hand in order for her to hold Ishmael's hand, she had to hold the Lord's hand. And it says in Isaiah 41, 13, it says, I am Yahweh, your mighty God. I grip your right hand and won't let you go. I whisper to you, don't be afraid. I am here to help you. Then God opened her eyes to reveal a well that was right in front of her. And she went over to the well, and she gave her son a long, cool drink. So Hagar and Ishmael are in the wilderness called Beersheba. And the cool thing with that is that means the well of the seven. So there were seven wells that were right in front of them. But because they were so overwhelmed, and because she was so distressed, she could only see her problem. But the Lord came down, and he rescued her. And in his presence, he opened her eyes to see the provision that he had prepared for her all along in the midst of her problem. That was right in front of her. Um, so they start living in this land called Paran. And that's where they grow up. And he grows up. And Paran is actually the same place that the wandering Israelites went to for rest. And it's the same place that David went to to find refuge from Saul. Hmm. Paran means glory, beauty, and abundance of foliage, which wow. is like plants and living. Yeah. So... So what a beautiful picture of the Lord in his goodness and in his presence. He turns ashes into beauty, and he brings us to a place of rest and refuge, and he causes us to flourish in abundance. That's where they were living after all of this. He sees us. He watches over us. (laughs) <laughs> he hears us. Yeah. He gives us hope, refuge, mm. rest, life-giving water yeah. in the wilderness. That's good. That's good. Mm. So in our weakest moments, even in our weakest moments, when we are overwhelmed and when we feel lost and when we don't know what to do and our mind is racing and we don't see the answer, he comes to rescue us and he reminds us, you are mine, you are my darling, you are a child of God. Thanks again for joining us this week. We know that God meets us right where we are, no matter where that is. If you want to get plugged into our church community by joining one of our life groups, donate to our cause, or just learn more about the mission here at Northwest, please visit us at lwcc.org forward slash Northwest. You can also text the word connect to 612-688-4444.
612-688-3939. That's 612-688-3939. If this message encouraged you, it would probably encourage someone you know. So feel free to share it. We look forward to connecting with you and hope that you'll join us again next week.